TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Welcome to the podcast, my lovely podcast listeners. I am so grateful you are here. Thank you. Thank you for all of your comments um, that you've been giving the podcast. Um, I would love it if you would head to iTunes and give me a five-star rating and leave a comment or leave a comment on the website wherever you um, come across this episode, just so that I can help to reach more people and um really reach out into the community and bring these amazing episodes full of actionable tips and full of, you know, enlightening stories from other people that can really um, help other people to reclaim their health and, and live their best life. So apologies for the slightly nasal itch today. I have got a cold. I know even health coaches get colds. What do you know? So I'm just taking it easy this week, spending some nice time out in the sunshine, having naps, having magnesium baths, um, doing a little bit of Hatha yoga, and of course, eating amazing, nutritious, delicious, primal food, and just waiting till I'm feeling better again. Now, on the episode, uh, on the podcast today, I'm joined by Natalie White, who um, is, she was one, she was actually my very first primal health coaching client. Not that I told her at the time that she was my first client, of course. I had had loads of clients. Um, And now she's a very dear friend. Um, Matt and I connected about 18 months ago when she first started her primal journey with me as her coach. And Nat experienced amazing transformations um, as she found clarity, ease of movement in her joints, and a major reduction in her anxiety. Um, And what's more, she found that going primal was like totally enjoyable and easy to do. And quite quite quickly, it became a non-negotiable in Nat's life. In fact, it's the only thing that she's been able to stick to, in inverted commas. She's tried all the diets, the shakes, and the quick fixes out there on the market already. And that came to me because she knew she was seeking sustainable, healthy change. And that's what she got. Now, Nat, in this episode, um, shares her personal story of tragedy and offers amazing actionable tips that you can try to deal with any kind of uncomfortable emotions or any uncomfortable situations in your life. Nat's got dreams to write a book and wants to support and coach other people going through tragic circumstances. Um, and is very keen for you to reach out to her. Her um, her email address is natwhite2005 at gmail.com. 
Nat was one of the first ever primalistas to join Primal Alternative. And one of the main reasons Nat came to be a primalista was because she wanted to learn more about business um, and how to, you know, becoming a primalista, you you get a walk-in business model. So you've got um, everything set up for you to for, for you to learn and just really hit the ground um, running and earn money straight away without having to go through all of the research and development, design, trial and error, all of that time-consuming um, and very expensive pro- process um, that comes with any business. Um, and Nat has definitely learned so much in her journey as a primalista and has been an amazing asset to our sisterhood, to our network of local producers. Um, Nat is going to be finishing up as a primalista at the end of November. And so just wanted to share this episode um, with you before she finishes her time as a primalista. That's now moving on. Now she's learnt her business skills. She's moving on to follow her dreams of bringing uh, children's meditation to the world and also to write her book. So Nat, thank you for being an awesome client and an awesome primalista. Um, And I just love that um, the way that you've handled your transition away from um, being a primal alternative producer, what's happened is Nat has collaborated with uh, Marisha in Albany. So Denmark and Albany are two neighboring towns. And Marisha has decided to double her business and take over Nat's clients, which is exactly what I wanted to um create with this brand is to create a national network of local producers that are very a very collaborative sisterhood so if you do feel like you know you want to move on try something different then um, there's people here who can pick up your stockists. It also means that the stockists are looked after. Our customers don't have to miss out. You're not letting anyone down. And I just love how, you know, um, Nat and Marisha have brought my vision and brought my dreams into reality by um, this this happening. So it's really exciting. And I'm going to miss you, Nat, but obviously we live in the same town. Our kids go to the same school. You cut my hair. <laughs> So I'm still going to see you, which is so cool. Well, listeners, happy listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, before I um, drop over to Nat, I just wanted to, uh, in our interview, I just wanted to let you know that on um, Wednesday, so Wednesday the 22nd, of, um, God, I can't think of the month, November 22nd of the 11th, I am hosting a Primalista Baking Franchise demo. So we've got, I've got over 130 potential Primalistas signed up to either check out the event live, which you can do without leaving your home, without putting on makeup or a bra. Um, You'll be completely anonymous in this webinar, which is going to happen. That's like an online seminar. Uh, It'll be live. You'll be able to chat to me and ask questions, but no one will be able to see you. So it's like totally cool to hang out find out what you want to find out, um, but still lurk in the background. (laughs) Um, And if you can't make the live event, it's happening at 10 o'clock, Australian Western Standard Time. 
then I'll send you an email um, with a replay in, which will be available for a few days after the live event. There's going to be special offers um, for those who come to the live event, as well as some door prizes of some delicious primal alternative goodies if you live in Australia, because um, our products are preservative-free and don't like the postal system very much, certainly not worldwide. So if you're interested in becoming a primal alternative producer, definitely check out the show notes and find the link to go and reserve your free online, no obligation um, spot in my baking franchise demo, which is happening next Wednesday. All right, on with the show. Welcome to the podcast. Today I'm joined by my lovely friend and primalista, Natalie White. I met Nat, oh my goodness, not very long ago, within the next, within the last year anyway. Um, Nat lives in Denmark, our kids go to the same school, and our connection, my connection with Nat has made me realize what an inspirational woman Nat is, and I'm brought onto the podcast today to share her story, and I'm really glad that she's joined me today, so welcome to the show, Nat. Hi. So nice to have you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. So we're going to start off, as usual, by finding out what you had for breakfast. Right. Well, (laughs) it was a great example this morning. This morning I went out to one of our lovely local cafes um, in town as I was dropping off my primal baked goodies and I stopped (laughs) and had a... uh, uh, a, a nut milk turmeric latte and a um, cashew cream breakfast cookie. So it's still all within the primal primal realm, but that's not that's not a standard day breakfast. But so I probably had that at about ten o'clock this morning, um, and that's all I've had to eat so far today. And there it's so, nearly half past one. So you're going good on your little breakfast cookie. You know this that sounds delicious and. You know, yeah, fair enough. Like a, a typical primal breakfast might be eggs on spinach or something, but why not have a turmeric latte and a cashew breakfast cookie now and again, eh? Yes, that's right, that's right. But yeah, probably typically would probably be like scrambled eggs with spinach or bacon and, um, yeah, or yeah, uh, avocado on paleo toast or fruit toast or. Leftovers at around eleven o'clock. You know, leftover chicken and salad from dinner last night at about eleven o'clock. That's probably when I standardly start to eat is around eleven, between mm. ten and eleven in the morning. I guess it takes the like you know you're doing a little bit of intermittent fasting, but I guess it also like takes the stress out of that getting ready for school thing. You know, like when you're in a rush, it's oh, not really the most not the most relaxing time of day to eat anything, is it? No, that's why, like, I was trying, when I first started um, my primal journey, that's what I was trying to do. I was getting up and I was trying to make myself this big breakfast and then it just sort of added to the stress of my day. But then I realized if I, you know, if I did all the kids stuff and I had not, you know, I have a, a green, beautiful green green tea and, and wake up and do my little morning rituals and then um, and then I can sort of relax and enjoy my food a lot a lot more and the whole you know the whole experience is much more enjoyable and 
and slower and I'm not shoving down my food and then got a tummy ache and rushing the kids yeah. to get that stuff done. Yeah, totally. And all, yeah. all possible because now that you're fat burning, whereas when you're sugar burning, I remember like waking up on the morning like starving. Like there was no way I could have gone to like 10 or 11 o'clock without fainting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. so and now I feel, you know, I'm not going to have 100 pounds. But, like, if I just, you know, once I've had my cup of tea, that, you know, that my body knows that that's something and then, yeah, you know, it can wait until I'm in that better, better headspace to, to get myself nourished with proper food. And are you, are you still putting your um, coconut oil in your tea or was that just what you did in the beginning? Yeah, no, I do do that. I have little phases where I'll have, standardly, I have coconut oil, uh, a little bit of honey and apple cider vinegar, and that's my morning drink. But I've been a bit unwell, so I'm on the green tea at the moment. So, but I'll, I'll go back to that. Um, and that, that's like a meal in itself, it feels like. Anyway, it's so mm. filling, and mm. it's just, yeah, it's a great way to start the day. Like having a bulletproof coffee, but without the coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Now, Nat, I know that you um, haven't always been primal, and I'd love to find out about why you decided to go primal. Um, I guess I decided to go primal, um, I think it was around a year ago, because this time last year I was in Bali uh, doing a retreat, and I think that sort of made me realize that when I got home, I wanted to do something for myself that was long-lasting. Um, also in March this year I was a bridesmaid for my beautiful best friend so I wanted you know to feel good and look good and lose an extra couple of kilos and all that sort of thing um, which, you know in the past I've always been like up and down you know mum three kids so you put on your baby weight you lose it and all that sort of stuff but I tried all the shakes and all, all the different you know low fat things and just I just wanted something that was more of a lifestyle change not a quick fix so that's really my aim was for what I was looking for and then you know living in the same town and then I thought you know you popped up on Facebook and you're starting the health coaching and I thought oh, I'll just give it a try and honestly like I think you know I went in wanting to lose weight but I think I that really dropped away really quickly and I realized that that's just an after effect of looking after yourself properly and really nurturing yourself and and you know when you're getting the high nutrient food and you and you're putting in your daily practices like you feel good and you want to go out and you know go for a beautiful bush walk and do all those things and exercise just becomes an after, not an afterthought but you want to do it because you feel so good yeah. and then you feel yeah you just get stronger and you feel great and now you know if I don't get to the beach once a week at least I'm going crazy <laughs> <laughs> I like it like your body is so used to that grounding and that time in nature and the negative ions that when you don't get it you really feel it whereas I guess there's a lot of people out there listening maybe that think god I haven't been to the, you know it's the middle of winter in Australia at the moment and maybe they're thinking well beach isn't really very enticing at the moment and maybe it's been months since they've actually had their feet on the ground and maybe they're wondering why they're feeling a little bit flat or going crazy you know yeah I just no, it's, it's winter in Denmark and I literally have been swimming today um, oh, in the yeah. ocean and it's 
I'm just so alive. I just feel amazing. I'm so impressed because, like, looking at my window right now, it is persisting down. It's cold. I've got the fire on, my boots, I'm rugged up. And you've been <laughs> swimming? Yeah, it was great. Go you. I'm, I feel a bit jealous now. I think I might have to go for a swim. <laughs> have to go for a swim after this. Do you know what? Like, I went, yeah. I went to the beach on Sunday to do sprints. Um, uh, and it was awesome. I haven't done sprints for ages, and I did them, and it was so good. And I was dying to get in the ocean, but for some reason, and this is like you're so much freer with stuff like this, and it's really inspiring. But I was like, oh no, I couldn't possibly go in the winter now, into into the water now because it's winter. Yeah, it's just the mindset, isn't it? Totally, total rubbish. Yeah, it's total rubbish. <laughs> Tell us about what you what you changed. Um, or, uh, tell us about what you changed, but um, also like to know a little bit more about how you were feeling. Like you've told us um, you wanted to lose a couple of kilos to be a bridesmaid, but were there any other like symptoms or feelings that you were having that you were just sort of thinking, enough is enough, I don't want to feel like this anymore? Um, yeah, I guess um, over the last few years, um, I've struggled with anxiety. I had quite a trauma in my life, um, and anxiety just sort of came part and parcel in that. You know, I'm uh, now a single mama with three kids, and you know, three young kids. That you know, there's a lot of juggling. There's a lot of uh, here and, and trying to, and of course, you know, being a mum like. Most mums can relate to this. You always put your kids' needs first, and I think, um, yeah, just that anxiety and, and not coping, and um, I just wanted to be clearer and uh, more structured and more organised, and I wanted to set the tools up to make you know my life easier and more enjoyable. I guess so. I was feeling very overwhelmed in life and um, very. Uh, just thinking basically just just drowning almost and just not knowing where to turn or which which way to go so and I think you know being in Bali away at the retreat was a real wake up um, when I was on my own I realised how much I didn't do for myself so yeah I think um, I really wanted something long term and I wanted someone to be accountable to like that's where coaching is so great because you've got someone that you know you're going to rock up to again in a fortnight and go well have you done anything you know so have you made the challenge so I I I work best being accountable to someone um so yeah so when I I mean the first big change that you made um going primal was obviously your eating and cutting out um, those grains, bread, parsley, all that sort of stuff. And I just can't, like, still now, I cannot believe how clear I feel. Like, like the fog has just lifted. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't ever crave, I mean, you know, there's certain circumstances where you just, can't get primal food or whatever you're in airports and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I always go gluten free if if not completely grain free. Um, and I just don't miss it, and I just don't miss it at all. And there's just so many alternatives now. Like really, there's just so many alternatives out there that you can really get. You've got, you know, if you're really hanging for a slice of bread with butter and 
and honey or something, you know, like you can really, there's so, we're lucky with these, especially in Denmark, we've got access to some really great, great resources here. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it was the clarity and just that feeling of overwhelm and I wanted something more that wasn't just about focusing on my weight because, mm. you know, like every weight is perfect and beautiful and, and yeah, and I guess I think I might have said this to you, so I think it's almost like you sort of you fall in love with yourself again. Like, and mm. you just, you know, when you're nurturing yourself, that you know, you just want to feel good and eat good, and it's just such a roll on effect that, yeah, you know, not eating good just doesn't even come into your mind. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it kind of like uh, snowballs, doesn't it? Because you, you stop eating mm-hmm. the grains and the gluten and the pasta and all that kind of thing, and then you feel that, like you like you said, you feel that clarity and that brain fog's lifted, and then you think, well, why would I ever, you know, why I don't even miss that food? Like when I mm-hmm. taste it now, like I just think it tastes like when I have real bread, I think it just tastes like grass. And I think pasta just yeah. tastes like cardboard. Like, it's got nothing to it, really. It's not particularly tasty, whereas when you're choosing from, like, delicious plants and animals, like, there's just so many... I don't know about you, but I just found, like, so... I eat so many more different vegetables now because, you know, we're making... Yeah, and you get inventive. Yeah, like cauliflower rice. Like, who would have thought about that? Or, you know, we would just have, like, meat, uh, carbs, and, and the, the vegetables, like, a garnish. And you don't have the yeah. you don't have the vegetables at dinner time. Like you were having cereal and toast for the rest of the day. So you like nutrients wise, it's no wonder, really. Yeah, that would yeah. feel so awesome. So, Nat, other than the food, what other things did you change? Um, so food, and then I would um, do my primal workouts a couple times a week, and um just getting out walking just moving um, like I'm not one like I never watch daytime TV or like I wasn't one that was just on the couch and hang out anyway so I'm a, a big mover anyway but just and just really listening to my body um, I think you know I was a bit of a runner for a while and um, I got up and I did you know a 12k run for a reason but I got really really sick after after that and I think I just pushed my body too too far so I guess one of the big things was like listening to my body intuitively mm. and um, you know spending hours at the gym over the years to try and lose the baby weight and all that sort of stuff just when you haven't got time for it anyway um, I'm just you know like doing the workouts and just incorporating it into my day and and yeah just sort of it was what I guess it was the one thing that I've sort of done that I've really stuck with and we're coming up to a year now that I've stuck with this you know I haven't stuck with any other program or you know going to the gym non-stop for that long or anything like that because it wasn't sustainable Mm. yeah yeah I was going to ask you why why do you think that you didn't stick to any of the other things and is that just because they're just not something that you can, like, run in that 12K? Couldn't do that all the time, could you? Yeah, like, it's going to make you sick. sustainable, I guess. And if you want to drink those drinks forever, you know, you don't feel like crunching up to a shake in the middle of winter. No. <laughs> you know, full of ever. berries and 
the elephant. <laughs> I know the thing that yeah, the thing that I don't get is like the and you know maybe the shakes will work. This is my slight disclaimer. Like maybe shake shakes work for some people, and that's great if they work for you. But I don't understand why people think they can eat. You know, just drink those shakes for two weeks, lose weight, and then when they go back to eating what they were eating before, that they won't just go back to how they were before. I don't know how do yeah. you, like unless you're gonna have those shakes for life. How is it gonna work? You've got to have some kind of sustainable behaviour change, don't you? Otherwise, you just ping back to what you were doing before. Yeah, totally bonkers. And it's the well, that's what I found in my. So yeah, I'm not knocking anyone that does the shakes or anything like that. But I found like for me, it wasn't sustainable for my lifestyle. Yeah, so I yeah, that's exactly right. I drink it for a while and. And then, you know, yeah, you'd stop taking it back and you'd go straight back into eating your, you know, bowls of pasta and your knees and, and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, so I, I guess I just wanted something long-lasting, which I just found this is because it's just, I just feel good. Like, mm. I just feel good. That's yeah. awesome. That, and it's not like, I, I don't know, like, I the thing that resonates the most with me about Primal is that it's kind of like your body gives this big sigh of relief because it's what it's been wanting all the time, you know, just to have that that you know, plant-based diet with some good quality protein and to just move, move for moving's sake, not to burn calories, but moving because you know that it feels good and it's like, whoa, you know, you get that endorphin rush, but also all of the other, you know, systems that it affects in the body. And I don't know, like for me, it just feels like body's gone thank god we finally it finally worked out what you meant to be doing because yeah yeah I definitely feel like that it's like um even in my joints and stuff it's like i feel um like they're being unclogged like it's mm. clogged as gunk or something like i don't yeah i don't know um yeah okay. that's the best way to describe it I guess and you know when I do go for a run or for a walk it's like my body's so much lighter not necessarily in weight but just my body feels like it can move more easily mm. I'm sorry that's so, yeah. so so cool now I was the lucky one that got to coach you and obviously um see your transformation and it was amazing and I know like you, you touched on it briefly now, at the beginning of the interview about the trauma that you experienced, but having got to know you over the last year, I know that this lifestyle has really helped to support you um, in coping, not just coping with the trauma, but from turning it to a tragic situation into an opportunity for massive potential, you know, massive personal growth. And I've seen you come from, like you say, feeling overwhelmed and um, anxious to now in a very strong place, running your own business and having big dreams for the future of how you're going to use the experience that you've had to to support others and help and to give back. And that's like you're going to be your contribution um, to society. So are you? do you want to tell us a bit about that story? Yeah, you were cutting out a little bit, so I missed a little bit of what you said. But, oh, yeah, I, you know, um, my story, I guess, is slightly, um, you know, it hasn't been easy. So four, four years ago, my husband passed away in a car accident, so really suddenly. Um, 
I was left with three young kids ranging from seven, four, and my youngest was 20 month time. So, yeah, I was still very much in that baby zone. So, I guess, um, yeah, it was it was a shock and no one saw it coming and it was just one of those freak things that happened. Um, so, I guess my journey since then has really just, you know, from being at the very, very like, I just feel, you know, it's one of the worst things that could ever happen in your life. And I guess I was always really, really, really conscious of the fact that I was never going to let it get me um, down. And I would not not get me down. Of course, it gets you down all the time. But it was never going to beat me. It was never going to make my life not have the meaning and purpose that... I knew my life should have and I guess, I, you know, and I, I think I sort of made a decision really early on that I was going to live twice, you know, live twice, you know, once for Nathan and once for myself and, and you know, make every moment really special. And so I guess the biggest thing, like, and purpose I sort of feel I'd like to do now, out of that tragedy, is sort of help other people in the same situation, and just and just to inspire and guide, and you know, like I've had a journey which is ongoing and it will be ongoing forever with each child, a different age group coping differently. Like I'd really just like to reach out and you know other women in my situation and give the advice that I've given for my kids because I think just just the biggest message that I could give anyone is that there, there is such an amazing life after the death of a loved one. Like, life, don't let, you know, don't go with them. Mm. Don't don't stop living because you're here, you're breathing, you're, you know, and life's amazing. And I think, you know, every day I wouldn't be where I was if I hadn't been through that amazing, you know, tragedy. Um, but it really has shaped me into who I am and I just... Yeah, I just am so grateful on a daily basis of, of where it's taking me and and it's a really, really beautiful journey. Like I just feel like death can be such a beautiful journey and yeah, it's just, yeah, although, you know, you always love them and miss them and you know, to mm. see my kids going through that is definitely not easy. But yeah, I really, I, I love, like I just, I love life and I, and I want and I want to inspire people to be able to live, you know, in, in their own tragedies and their own... Because everyone experiences death mm. um, or another. It's just, it's unavoidable in everybody's life. So to be able to, you know, cope and to, to help, you know, just anyone through that, I think is a really special thing to be able to do. Yeah, so that's where Primal has come in so well because it's given me the tools to be able to cope, you know, on those sad or down days, you know, to make sure I have my tools. And I don't, you know, I have terrible weeks, as you know, um, where I'm all over the place and scattered and anxious and, and all over it. But, you know, I have those anchors in in place now that I can always go back to and I feel like it's such a strong um, positive lifestyle that works for me in my situation that it's just such a great anchor to have to look after yourself because really if you don't look after yourself like if I don't look after myself my, my kids are not going to get looked after and 
and yeah, as a mum, that's all you want. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. Like, so I think it's, there's so, like, so much um, in that, and that, like, that, and that's amazing. And thank you for sharing that really personal story with us because I know that there'll be a lot of people listening who can really relate to that. And, and whether it's, um, you know, like, uh, a husband, which, you know, like you've mentioned, death is inevitable, but we, we kind of don't think our husbands are going to go in, in such a short, in such a, in such a fast, unexpected fashion. You know, you sort of imagine yourself living your days out with, with your husband, don't you? Whereas you, you kind of expect your parents will go and, and God forbid your children yeah. go, you know, it's like um, all of those things. But like for anybody listening who has experienced the death of a loved one, do you have any advice that you could give them or some tools to give them um, so that they can start to embrace your positive attitude about living twice, loving life, not dying with loved one? Yeah, I guess um, for me, like I've always been quite spiritual and my belief system is that there is life after death. So I guess... Um, I write a lot to Nathan and I, you know, I, I, and this was like from the, you know, week that it happened, days after I write to him and I tell him everything and we, I, I still feel like we have a relationship and a connection and I really embrace that and I, you know, I talk to him and it's almost like, of course he's gone but he's still, he's still a part of me and a part of my life and that's how I teach my kids and, and you know, that's my belief system but that's mm. really helped me. Um, it's it helped me feel less alone and it's helped me connect with him and you know in, in sort of certain funny ways I feel like I do get answers back, back to the questions I'll ask or that help but I'll get, and you know I always ask you know if my kids need something or one of them struggling I just you know, I ask and then you know in the next few days or week or whatever the kids solutions just come so I guess just for me, my advice would be is connecting with that person on the other side and just mm. letting them guide you and surrender to that feeling of, and feeling things that feel the pain but, and feel grief and and cry and, and get it out and don't avoid it, feel it. Like this has been a really big one for me right from the beginning. It was all about really uh, feeling how I felt. Mm. Um, and because you could avoid it forever and do all these things and eat as much chocolate and drink as much wine as, as you want, but it's not it's not going to be one or anything. So yeah. just feeling your feelings and connecting and and just and being grateful that you know I'm grateful for the journey that we did have and I'm grateful for the three kids that I have and 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 yeah I definitely don't you know I have I have bad days a lot of a lot of bad days and certain times of the year are obviously harder than others but sure. I just really try and um, just like I'm breathing and I'm alive and breathing every day special mm-hmm. and just setting your life up the way that you know that you're enjoying every day not sort of struggling through every day just to get to the weekend or yeah. Live every day. You might, you might not be here tomorrow. That's what it taught me. You might not be tomorrow. Mm. So live for now and enjoy the day and, 
and you know it doesn't matter if you get the new car or the whatever because you can't take that stuff with you. True. Yeah. Really enjoying every single day of your life. Wow. And what you've said there, like, it, so I just was jotting down a few notes. So you, you've talked about the letter writing or journaling yeah. and, and, and talking and, you know, you, you're saying you're asking for Nathan's advice and you get the answers. Well, of course you get the answers. To me, that just, of course you do because, yes, you, of course you've still got that connection with him. I totally, totally get that. And I love what you said as well about surrendering to the feeling and feeling the feeling because... Feelings just need to be felt for them to then yeah. dissipate. And if they don't get felt, they'll come up with something else, whether it be, you know, like a physical pain or some other kind of stuff. Like there's just, like you say, there's no pushing down with chocolate and alcohol or throwing yourself into a work or whatever is there because it's still going to be there. So you might as well feel it and not be afraid of that feeling. And the final thing that you said, three main things really, which are awesome. So journaling, feeling and surrendering. And the final one was yeah. gratitude and presence. So being grateful for what you have and, and live in each moment in the here and now because that's all we've got. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. And, you know, like I've got boxes and boxes of amazing things over the years with moving house and Stuff. And I just think it's like it's just it's just so unimportant. Things yeah. are so important. Just stuff. Yeah. Mm. It's just stuff. Yeah. So you know, like just and make the little choices. Like yeah, I don't know. Like just take the risks and and just yeah, take the plunge and. You know, the, the things that might seem crazy if you feel like you want to follow your heart. Like I did, you know, I picked up my three kids and moved to a completely new town and changed their whole school system. Everyone thought I was absolutely insane. It was just the best thing, best thing for all of us. And I just knew and trusted my heart that I was being guided to the right place. And yeah, I just, just really fully trusted and trusted Nathan, you know, that he, he you know, my kids think it's great. They think we're so lucky to have a dad on the other side, you know, with all these things that he gets to do for them. So, yeah, I just think it's embracing the what is and, and try, you know, although it's hard to try and not to look back and go, I wish, wish they could do this and I'll do that, which yeah. I feel, you know, about lots of different things, but just embracing what is and trying to work, making the best with what you've got. Mm. Mm. It's amazing, and, and not becoming a victim is, is the biggest thing, I think. When I look at you, you know, like I said earlier, you've taken it as a, an opportunity to to develop as opposed to become a victim, and it could be so easy, so easy to become a victim, and it takes so much more courage and, and strength and, you know, really just facing fear and choosing love um, to get where you are today now. And, you know, you are such an inspiration. And I know, like, I know it's um, early days and you don't have a book yet that you're going to sell and you don't have a course yet that people can sign up on. But what are your what are your things that you've got simmering away in your mind or in the pipeline that you'd like to, you know, help and inspire other people with in the future? I would like to write a book. 
stamp the same, but um, I just knew straight away afterwards that the book would be the right sort of thing, like the right avenue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's one of my dreams is I'd like to write my journey down because I do just want to, like, you know, I've had other people be through different situations already and they say to me, oh, you're such an inspiration. You are. And I... And, and you know, to be able to inspire people at their darkest times, I think it's just such an honour. And, and you know, I've had the experience with my kids and I would love to be able to help other people, you know, just offer... And, and not even, you know, because every child's different, every child copes with their different needs, but, and, you know, I just, I'd love to share that my kids' journey with other people in, in the help... You know, if one little thing that I say helps one person, then I feel like I've had a purpose and yeah, yeah the book's a big big one. But yeah, I don't know long term how I would how I would get around that. I guess I guess I'll be shown at the right time. You will you will trust in yeah. the process and you know, I, I know that there's gonna be a book. There's gonna be a book and there's gonna be your I can really see you helping other women in in the form of like a support or mentor or a coach or something that you're going to, um, yeah. you know, like you were saying how when you have a coach, you like to be accountable to someone. Well, it's, it's that kind of same thing, isn't it? And having somebody, because really, the, the other thing I find really refreshing about you, Nat, is that we can talk about Nathan and it's not like, oh, I better not talk about your husband who's passed away because uh, you know, I'm going to say the wrong thing. But there's, the, there's nothing that I can say or anyone can say to you that's the wrong thing, is it? Because you're really you really enjoy talking about Nathan and you don't like to just pretend it never happened. He never existed. You enjoy talking about it, which is so refreshing and because death is so taboo in our society. So that even just to have someone like you that, you know, people in the same situation can call and talk about their loved one and remember them and you know what I mean? Even just having that I think is so valuable and so not there in our society. Do you know what I mean? Yes, definitely. I just think, you know, the culture we deal with death terribly and that is something, I don't know how, but that is something I'd like to be able to change, especially for children. Mm. You know, I just think, um, and you know, like people don't talk about Nathan, not not for my benefit, it's because they feel uncomfortable and I, you know, and I can tell sometimes I'll talk about him and it does make people feel uncomfortable, but I just think, well, that's, that's not my problem. He's, you know, he's yeah, such a big part of my life. He still be. And, yeah, I guess that goes back to the, the really feeling your feelings because if you if, if you talk about someone that's that and if, if everything gets out and open, then, you know, people around you can breathe out and go, oh, okay, she's all right, we can't talk about it. Yeah. And I love the way people joke about him and, and talk about him and because, you know, regardless of whatever happens in my future, he, you know, he's still the father of my children, he's, he's still my husband and, you know, he always will um, play that role to, to some extent in my life and I guess for me it's just having that presence in your life such a big, amazing, beautiful energy, and for then people just to sort of try and pretend that it didn't happen, it sort of does. It does the person that passes sort of like an injustice to them, right? Absolutely, yeah. You know, you want to remember that, and you know, everyone. If we all talked about our loved ones, I know it would help my children a lot more if people were more open in talking about 
you know, and their dad around around them. And yeah, you know, if they cry, if they get sad, that is all part of it. And yeah, especially you know, having a son, um, you know, living in a culture where men don't cry and boys don't cry, I tell him all the time, you cry and you get it out. And I try and encourage them to write, write to you know their dad and and um, you know on. We always sort of sit around and talk about our favourite memory and on the anniversary of his passing and light a candle and you know, it's not just another day, it's a day for really connecting with that and connecting how your heart's feeling and, and just letting it letting it out. Tears are good and any you know, bottling it up doesn't help anyone and that's the culture I'm trying to change in my in my son, that's the big thing I try and teach him. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous. So, like, we've already pretty much wrote your course now during this interview. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I'm sort of, I'm interviewing you and coaching you at the same time. <laughs> Just can't switch off, damn it. But um, another one to add. So we've got the journaling, surrendering, gratitude, presence, and ritual. So creating ritual around, um, you know, to celebrate me, talk about, you know, your favourite memories remembering and talking about it I just think it's it's beautiful what you've created your kids are so lucky to have such an aware mum to guide them through this experience thank you yeah I hope so I hope they come out I'm sure they will looks like they're doing alright to me that's for sure that's for sure um, so if anybody's listening to this and they're like oh my god I just really want to reach out to Nat and connect with her are you open to doing like you know phone consults or Skype consults at this stage? Uh, oh, sure. I'm happy to connect with anyone. I'm not. I'm happy. Um, anyone in in need that would would love to chat. It would make me so happy to talk to anyone that lost someone that would like you know help or advice or yeah, definitely. I mean, yep, definitely. Um, I'm not sure in what capacity. I'm not a. I'm not a professional. <laughs> not yet. Um, working not yet. That. Not yet. But um, so what I'll do is that in the show notes, if you want to connect with Nat and you want to um, reach out to her, I'll put um, an email address in the show notes or a link to your Facebook page so people can contact you through Facebook and and also if any publishers are listening that would like to publish Nat's story in a book. <laughs> Which will happen. <laughs> they can make contact. Which will happen. They can make contact that way too. Now, um, you are literally my client of the year, Nat, because you have done every single thing that I've done you're in on, which I just love. So you are my first ever one-on-one coaching client. I don't know if you know oh, that. Was you were the first one. Oh, you're special. <laughs> so you're my first one-on-one coaching client you've done my 21 day challenges you yeah. have become a primalista which is a um, producer of the primal alternative ring and you've appeared yeah. as a guest on my podcast so like you've got yay thank you <laughs> that's so cool so it wouldn't I couldn't help but I have to ask you just to share a little bit about your story about becoming a primalista because you are the only primalista that has dared to come on the podcast because I've asked them all and they've all said not yet but um, I know that some potential primalistas 
um, will be in the audience. So and I'm sure they'd love to get, you know, they're, they're sick of hearing it from me, blah, 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 all the time. But it'd be really cool to get a bit of a behind the scenes story from a real life Prime Minister about, you know, why you became a Prime Minister and how that's, um, you know, how running your own business is looking for you in your life. I decided to become a Prime Minister because, well, because the food got my primal journey was so amazing and I just, I wanted to make sure that um, Denmark <laughs> and myself have had access to all the beautiful primal range that, that you've made because I think it's having those little things in place that helps so much to keep on the journey, you know, to be able to have pizza night with the kids and and you know have fruit bread in, in the freezer for when those days where you're really busy or you're just feeling you want something really yummy and and easy and quick and so I became a primalista because because I was really passionate about my primal journey and how how it helped me and I just want to make sure that that you know range is is, is out there um, and obviously being a single mum of three kids I had. I mean, get, going out and getting a job just seemed impossible. Um, so I had to ha- find something that sort of worked around me and my lifestyle, and, and you know, I could sort of make my own hours and and do stuff. Um, and yeah, I had no idea about the business side and stuff like that, which I'm still figuring figuring out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've learned so much, but it's not it's not too difficult. I think I make some things a lot more difficult than. They need to be, but I have just moved house and I'm learning a new oven, so that's that's slightly challenging. Um, But yeah, I think yeah, the main is because I wanted something that uh, well, one is tried and tested, but it was sort of pretty much low risk because because you'd done such a great job and and yeah, I wanted something I could just step into. I didn't have to make all the decisions about how the labels looked and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Everything, all, all the background stuff is done for you. You sort of step into this ready-made business. So I found that really easy and and I love that I just get told what what to do as far as, or you just ring up them and you order these labels and you get these back. Like I didn't have to make any little decisions that, you know, I wouldn't have had time to sort of stop and think to be able to create that myself. Um, so yeah, mainly, basically, yeah, having something that works around my kids and, and that fits in with my life and, um, yeah, that I can do from home. And I mean, I am definitely no business entrepreneur minded type person and I can figure it out. So it's, it's not overly <laughs> difficult to, you know, you don't, don't feel like if you, you have no experience inside that it's definitely not for you because I had not, none and I'm figuring it out. So, yeah, I think it's just a really good, you know, for a mum, although when baking with your kids' home it can be challenging sometimes, mm-hmm. but it is possible and it's doable. Mm-hmm. And kids rolling cookies, cookies are, are a great help. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I just wanted something that I could do for myself and because, yeah, there is no way I could figure out how I could commit to going out to work. Mm. Um, yeah, having to be the breadwinner as well as, as well as do all the domestic duties and all that stuff. So, yeah, I just needed something that sort of was a bit flexible and worked around, you know, if I, if I get sick and I just sort of say, or just, you know, let my suppliers know I can't do it, you just 
you know, you just have to manage how you can do it instead of, you know, having to call in sick from work or you, you're just your own boss and you can, you know, create it a bit more to your own life and what you want in your own life. So, and I get to eat all the yummy food, which yeah. helps my paleo just hugely. <laughs> it does. And it means that now that I'm working more on the business than in the business, it means I don't have time to bake anymore and it means I get to go and buy it from IGA and thank you Nat for I've just had some pre toast for lunch actually it was delicious so thanks so thanks for sharing that I just feel a little bit infomercially but you know come on I'd have to it would be rude not to like what's in right I'm thinking about the listener I know some people will be wanting to know why you wanted to be a panel listener and seeing as though you're the only one who did come on I had to ask you but I have to say, listeners, that she says that she's figuring it out, but really she is nailing it and doing such a good job. <laughs> and, you know, orders are increasing every week. New suppliers and stockists just coming forward, um, which is kind of a good thing and kind of not a good thing because Nat's a busy mom with three kids. So, um, yeah, Nat's pretty much got more more than she can. You know, you could technically have more than you could cope with, right, in terms of orders. Um, you've got heaps of work, like you know, you it's a case. Yeah, of- yeah, not right, and yeah, it's just sort of it's it's a product that sells itself. It's really, really. If I haven't, I haven't approached anyone, um, and I just get people ringing me up, and and you know, I'll meet people in the street, and they're like, oh, do you make that yummy bread? I'm like, yes, you know, like yeah, so it's just a product that talks speaks for itself. It's it's great, and I love it. Yes, I love it. I love being a primalista. Like it's so cool. Um, having you in the in the gang with the other with the other primal listeners, it's such a nice little little tribe of our own that we've got happening. I, I totally love it. But um, Nat, thank you so much. We're just coming up to time now, and I don't want to um, you know infringe too much on your time because I know you've got to pick up the kids from school and that kind of thing. But I'm so grateful for you coming on to the podcast so bravely and um, telling us about your primal journey, sharing. Um, your story about how you know death can be beautiful and sharing those really doable tips for other people and you know and, and in, in general like those tips that you've shared they can be related to any comfortable experience right or any uncomfortable feeling that people have yeah. got yeah so helpful yeah. so helpful so many different ways and yeah it just if you set the tools up you can you can you know, not make your tragedy less what it is, but Donna. just, yeah, just in, in, embrace it. Just embrace it. Yeah, and having those, like you said, those tools, it's like, yes, of course you're going to have um, days and weeks where things do feel a bit out of control, but at least you've got something to reach out to and to, to help anchor you know you've got some tools that, that do work that you can fall back on, which I think is a really powerful place to be in. Mm, definitely. Well, thank you, Nat, for being on the show. And no doubt, when you're a famous best-selling author on um, Amazon, or whatever you sell books, <laughs> I'll have you back on the show uh, to promote your new book. How's that sound? I better start writing. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Nat. Thanks, Helen. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.